Episode 109 of Above Ground Podcast, Burn the Damn Cape with Vicky Savini. Disclaimer, the hosts of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above Ground Podcast. Because you can't serve below. That's right. You know who that is. You down with TPP. Yeah, you know me. Ah, what's up, Timmy? How we doing this week, buddy? Um, We're doing, you know, we're doing. We're a little overwhelmed, a little, uh, little, um, mindful not mindful but you know just full in general full, but uh full of, full of shit full of shit full of <laughs> full of everything you know full of full of nonsense full of stuff that i need to to disregard and clean out and you know yeah aren't we all yeah i think we had this discussion today about worthiness and 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 all that we kind did. of stuff so why don't you, we're on Zoom again, so why don't you introduce our lovely guest this evening? Our, our lovely guest. And be kind. <laughs> we, are, we are graced <laughs> with, with the presence of Vicki Savini. Vicki is a mother, teacher, author of multiple international books, and a life coach who has been empowering children and adults through individual consultations and group workshops and speeches over, for over 20 years. Um, she is also, I don't think I, I did say author, but she's, uh, she's part of the Hay House team. Um, she has two, uh, the two more, I, I don't know if I would, would call them more, I would more well-known than the other books. Was that, is that fair to say? I guess you could say that the last one wasn't through Hay House and that seemed to be the most popular. Oh, it wasn't. I'm sorry. That's my fault. I did. I didn't know that wasn't through. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't really matter. Like the publishers don't matter. None of that matters. It's just the message that you're getting out there. Really, really. It is. I agree. But sometimes saying that, you know, Hay House is, is kind of a... Yeah, it's all relative. It doesn't matter. None of that. All matters. right. Well, there you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There's Vicki Savini. <laughs> thank you for thank you for joining us this evening. <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because uh, as Will started out saying about... Um, you know, we had a little conversation today about uh, our our inner core beliefs and um, you know, go back a few years and actually Vicky helped me find my inner core belief. So it, it, it was a process that um, was a little messy. Uh, it was a deep but, dig. What's that? It was a deep dig. 
it was a deep dig. And, uh, you know, why does that not surprise me? (laughs) Why does that not surprise me? I'm not surprised that that was a deep dig. No wonder why we got to be Indiana fucking Jones, man. (laughs) Right. And then you get there and you go, it has to be. Why does it have to be snakes? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, but it was, it's only difficult when we resist. There you go. When we resist, that's when it becomes difficult. When I have clients who say to me um, things like, you know, I know it's going to take me a long time or this is going to be a lot of hard work. I always look at them and I say, if that's what you believe. Right. If it's going to be hard work, it's going to be hard freaking work. If you believe it's going to take a long time, it's going to take you a long time. It really comes back to what you believe. And if I have a client that's very open and they're just, they come to me and they say, I'm ready to heal. Okay, well then let's have at it. You know, I mean, I work with people on basically tilling their garden of life. So if you liken it to when you first dig up the soil and you're trying to plant a garden, obviously you want to plant something that's going to be fruitful. You want something that's going to help you. It's going to nourish you, right? So as you dig up that earth, that might be hard work in the beginning, but then you start to see these weeds pop up. If you don't pull those weeds and get rid of those weeds, everything that you want in that garden is not going to grow and flourish. And that's ultimately what we're doing in this life. This is our life is our garden of life. Some people like to look at it like the tree of life, but when the weeds pop up, if you just turn the other way and ignore them, they're going to overtake your garden of life. And that is what I teach my clients, your core beliefs. So your core belief is a toxic seed. And if you believe you're gonna take a long time to heal, then you're probably dealing with ivy. I don't know if you've ever seen ivy and how it grows, but that baby, oh my God, it is hard to rip that out from the root. You can pull and pull and pull and it comes back like nobody's business. I do this every year at this time in my backyard. Yep. And that is, in essence, it's kind of like having this deep belief that you don't wanna let go of. It's a negative core belief about yourself it really comes into every aspect of your life, relationships, family, work, how you see the world. And if you can uncover that toxic seed in your garden of life and you can deroot that bad boy, when it pops up again, you can get rid of it quickly. You don't have to let it overgrow like ivy just gets out of control. You don't have to do that. It's always a choice. Now you said uh, how it it can affect like, you know, your work, your, your relationships. Mm-hmm. Now, what if, what if an individual, um, you know, finds their core belief and what if those things are actually fueling the negativity on that? What if they're actually? Fueling? Yeah. Like what if like Pat, you know, I'm talking like past relationships or, mm-hmm. or past jobs, any of that sort of, is there an if to that though? Aren't they fueling everything? You picked up on that. Well, it's yeah, not, I, I, it's not a what if like when you have that belief that drives you if you're walking around this world and you have a deep belief that you're not enough everything that you face is going to be i'm not enough so you'll go to work you might have a very successful career however it's never enough maybe you want another position within your career but because you have a deep belief that you're not enough you're not going to get that position. 
So that's just going to reinforce it. And that would then trail into relationships. Maybe you're in an unhappy relationship or you're having a hard time with a relationship or finding a relationship. If you have that belief, you're not enough. You believe that that is exactly what you're drawing to you. That is what you have. We are all energy and we're putting out into the world what, but I think a lot of us don't understand what we're putting out in the world because not right. all of us are woke. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, that that's a great point. And that's something I wanted to talk about with you guys today is energy. We are all energy. If you just want to break this down to the simplest form, we are energy. Let's be honest. If you walk into the grocery store and your cashier is a complete and utter bitch, it's not going to put you in a great mood. It's actually going to kind of bring you down a little bit. Now, maybe you had a great day and maybe you could say something to the cashier to kind of lift her up a little bit and that might happen. But lo and behold, if she has an attitude with you, that's going to rub you the wrong way. Now you've just picked up that energy. You walk out of there, somebody cuts in front of you. Now that just rubbed you the wrong way again. So you just keep drawing more and more of that energy to you. We are energetic beings. When you're around people who bring you down, when you're scrolling Facebook and you're seeing all of the fake book stuff come up, either you're thinking people have more than you have and that's depressing, or you're looking at the crap that's coming out in the world and you can't even believe what's happening and you feel completely out of control, that brings you down. So it really comes back to measuring what's going on with my energy right now. If it doesn't feel good, you stop in that moment and you have to do something that's going to bring your energy up. And I talk about that in all of my books. If it doesn't feel good, it's up to me. I am in control. If I don't feel good being around this person, I got to back away, whether they're family or not, doesn't matter. If I don't feel good being in this situation, I have to do something to change the situation. And maybe I can't leave the situation, but I can change my attitude about it. But I have control over my energy. Now, most of us walk through life and we never pay attention to energy. Like you said, Will, we're completely oblivious. You know, we're just like, I'm having a crappy day and one thing leads to another. And then it's, woe is me. And this happened and that happened. Yeah. Okay. Stop. Take a breath and do something to change your energy. That could be simple. Like if I'm having an awful day, I, I work in a school. I leave school, come home for lunch and just sit with my dogs for about 10, 15 minutes. You know what? I'm good. I just got my little fill of happy. So you just have to do something that's going to raise your vibration, so to speak. Put music on, you know, go I for had, it. I actually had that happen today, as a matter of fact. I told Timmy this too, um, and which is for me is this is a pretty big insight to myself. Um, I have a coworker who I have pretty good conversations with because she shares a lot of the same stuff that I do and she has a uh, severe mental illness and stuff. And um, we had been talking about stuff and all of a sudden the insight came that my core belief is that I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. And I I've known that, but it was, it was interesting to voice it to someone who's not a therapist or, you know, my, you know, my wife or somebody who doesn't necessarily need to know a thing, this, but it was interesting, the emotion that I felt let go. But during my, I take a walk every day at lunch, because that's the only way I can keep sane. So, yeah. and I love the walk. And today I had an interesting 
thing happened where I had a hawk land in a tree just ahead of me. And my instinct was to go take my phone and take a picture of this beautiful bird. And as I was getting, trying to get my camera ready, I literally stopped. I looked at the camera and I put it back in my pocket and just decided to look at the bird, absorb the moment, and then let it pass through me. And I actually smiled for the next 15 minutes of my walk. And then I went back into the building and I was, I was okay for the moment. Right. Because how often are we present? How often? You know, and that's the thing, like when you feel overwhelmed, like Tim, when we started talking, we were talking about, oh yeah, a little overwhelmed, this, that, and the other thing. We all feel that way. We all feel that. We all get overwhelmed. But what do we do about it in that moment? When we are overwhelmed, we're either fearful of what's coming, we're fearful of the future, or we're stuck on something in the past, thinking that we're not enough, clicking back to something that happened years ago and bringing it right back to today. So if we can get ourselves to come back to this moment, and that is one of the um, things that I teach in my books, come back to this moment, then we have control. See, we feel depressed and we feel anxious when we feel like we don't have control. So learning that we control our energy, we have control over our energy, always gives us control at some point. Like you're not gonna have control of the outcome of life. You're not gonna have control of the weather. You're not gonna have control over bad things that happen or even good things that happen at times to some degree. Although I do believe you draw that to you, but you have control of your energy. What am I gonna do about this? How do I feel about this? So I, that really poses an interesting question. How do we start to even ask that question? Like what, like, is there, is there just a, is it really just asking, all right, Emma, how am I feeling in this moment? Is it really as simple as that? Or is there something, because I would think that if the garden is, you know, if the seed is buried that deep into the soil, it's going to be hard to get at it with just something that surface seems like. It's really not, believe it or not. When you are choosing not to look at your core toxic seed, it is like walking through your garden of life in the dark. That's really what it's like. The truth is there in front of you, but you're choosing not to see it. And there's many reasons why we do that. But when you click the light on and you see the truth, then it's your choice whether you're going to learn from that and grow or you're gonna bury it even deeper. So how do we do that? You know, one of the things in my book, Burn the Damn Cape, that was the newest book that came out a few years back, um, how to stop rescuing others and start loving yourself. That one really went deep into the core toxic beliefs, the five beliefs. And so in the very beginning of that book, what you do is you read about, you know, what makes you a rescuer? What makes it so that you feel like you need to seek approval from other people by doing for them what they would never do for you? <laughs> what makes that come out in your personality? And then it talks about the ability to love yourself the way you want to love everybody else. Because what we do is we want to love other people so much that we're gonna love them into being healthy. We're gonna love them into being perfect and perfect and whole and complete. Well, why can't we do that for ourselves? So then the second half of the book is a 30 day guide on how you love yourself. So you start off with a meditation and you can either read it or have somebody read it to you. 
that will teach you how to get to your core belief. And you might have to do it a few times if you're resistant. Or you can um, go to the website. There's a website in the book where you can get the meditation and it'll be read to you. But you can just simply ask yourself a question. You know, one of the things I always teach people is let's keep it simple. Ask yourself one question every time you feel sad, lonely, depressed, overwhelmed, when you're making a decision and you're starting to feel anxious. One simple question, is this serving me or sabotaging me? Mm. Wow, it's excellent, really that's excellent. Question. Is it serving me or sabotaging me? And I think by doing that is you're, you're, you're starting the whole mindful process because you're obviously stopping and thinking, you know what I mean? Kind of like reassessing the situation and yourself. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's so much going on in our world right now. There's so much hate. There's so much like, you know, follow this, follow that, do this, do that. People telling other people what to do that could really rub a person in the wrong way. It can also make per people so fearful that they don't know what to do. I think that that's a. I think that that's the biggest thing because, as we know, that fear is a, another person using fear is a control thing. So it, that's how they control a lot of things is by using fear. Right, and I'm sure you've heard the acronym for fear. You guys must have heard that. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Yeah, oh. mine is. Mine is uh, fraudulent, emotional, antiquated reaction. Yeah, that's way too big words for me. But yeah, <laughs> I get it. I can't <laughs> But if we could keep bringing ourselves back to that moment, you know, and it is, it's one simple question, serving me, sabotaging me. And you stop in that moment. And it could be anything like maybe you're down spiraling with your thoughts because something went wrong. The cashier ticked you off. You walked out. Somebody cut you off. You know what I mean? You automatically start to feel bad and you stop yourself and say, is this serving me right now? No, it's really not. Is it sabotaging me? Yeah. Yeah. If I keep doing this, it's like the black cloud is just going to follow me. So then you do something to turn it around. And that can be simple. It can be getting in your car and rocking out to like 80s music, 90s, like whatever you like, just getting in your car, singing to the top of your lungs. It could be spending time with someone you really, really like or with animals. I like animals so much better than people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll concur with that. <laughs> Anything that raises your vibration. Will, you said you went out in nature and you really paid attention to nature and you felt good. So if that raises your vibration, and when I say that term, raise your vibration, it means if I'm feeling crappy down here, what can I do to feel better, to bring that vibration up? You are an energetic being. So you want to get to that feel good place. So take an inventory, write down 10 things that make you feel good. 10 things could be simple. Listening to this song, listening to music, working out, definitely not one of the things that make me feel great. Um, you know, wh whatever it is for you that makes you feel good, that raises your vibration, playing with your dogs, um, going up and down an escalator and shooting spitballs at people. I don't know, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> sounds like fun. <laughs> I haven't done that in years. I'd rather just, I'd rather just stand there and hit all the buttons. 
It looks like a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got to let me hear. I, yeah, yeah, go, I know go. I can tell you got a serious question. I got to ask an in sort of non-serious question because you were just talking about getting in the car and rocking out. I don't I would just want to know what is your favorite song to rock out to in the car? Me? Yeah. Come on now. Help <laughs> us out here. I don't know. Like it really depends on my mood. I used to sing in a band. So like I have a huge repertoire of like music in my brain and sometimes a song will just pop into my mind and I'll, you know, I'll just start singing it. If I'm really annoyed, maybe I'll start singing. I will survive. Um, ah, a little Gloria Gaynor. Nothing wrong with that, Gloria man. Gaynor. Sometimes I just feel silly. So I'll start singing happy, you know, like. That's a great tune. And, and sometimes I find myself singing something like Amazing Grace, like my spirit needed that, you know, sometimes you need to allow yourself to get low and to cry. I never stop myself from feeling my feelings ever. I feel the feeling and then I move through it. I don't feel the feeling and hold on to it. Yeah. If I feel the feeling and I don't like it, I don't push it away. I just feel it. I honor it and I let it go. When you're in that, when you're feeling that feeling, cause I, I, you're not the only person that says that I I'm listening to the untethered soul. Oh, uh, such a great book. Uh, it's, and I've, and I get it from the library, like every like month, just because it's on the audio library. So I, li I've listened to it like three or four times, yep. but and he taught and Michael Singer, just like you said, you feel it and you let it go. Is it really as simple as just feeling it and taking a breath and letting it go? Is it that simple or do you need to? Again, that's a choice. It can be that simple. It depends on your resistance. Okay. That's when you've got to ask yourself, why am I hanging on to this? Does this identify me? Hmm. Does it identify yeah. me to be a victim? Does it identify me to be overwhelmed? Like what, what is it that I'm holding on to this for? And then is it, here to let go. Is it possible that we just hold on to these things? Is it really, cause Tim likes to talk about comfort. Is it really because we're comfortable <laughs> feeling, is it, is it better cause we're feeling more comfortable in our shit than we are cause we don't know any better? Yes, but that's part of the resistance. And that's also part of the control. I know what this feels like. Right, I know okay. what this feels like, therefore it's comfortable. I don't like the feeling, but it's comfortable. I don't know what it feels like to be completely loved and accepted. I don't know that. So that's scary as hell, right? Until you get to that point where you know the feeling of being completely loved and accepted. And I'm here to tell you, it's not about being completely loved and expected or accepted by anyone else. It's when you can stand there totally naked, and I mean bare ass naked, and look in the mirror and say, I love you. I love you for the bad. I love you for the good. I love you for the indifferent. I love you because you have a feisty little attitude and you blow stuff <laughs> at people. And then you think, oh, did I really say that? I love you for just being you. And I love you for the good. I love you that you have a kind heart and that you're a good person. And you know when somebody's hurting empathetically and you can go to them and be there for them. And I love you for the indifferent. You know what? You don't really care if somebody likes what you made for dinner. If they don't like it, make your own damn dinner. So you have to love yourself for the bad, the good, and the indifferent. And that is the only way, only way 
that you will ever feel true love and acceptance. Nobody else can ever make you feel that. You have everything you need. You came to this earth with everything you need. Says Vicki Sabini. Can you say that a little bit louder for the people in the back? <laughs> can I get an amen? Yeah, can I get an amen, bro, sister? Amen. <laughs> Speak, preach, preach. I love it. No, that was that was excellent. That was that was very well put, very well said. I I love it. I I mean, I think because I agree with it fully, but it's I of it's, course. Well, it, it you know, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. It, you know, it just makes perfect sense to me because you know, there's a lot of people that look outside for validation and if they don't get it here, there's both, both ways. If they get it. Okay. So let's say they get it. So then they have that comfort for that time. And then when that's not there and they don't have it, then what, then they might be even lower than, than when they started to look for outside for it. Right. right? This is probably, I want you to, we're just going to break it down to the simplest terms. That's my gift. I break things down make it real simple. It's not your fault that you look to others for approval. It's nobody's fault, especially in our society with social media, which is right. the death of us. But think about this. When you are a tiny little infant, right? You have total control. You cry, people jump. You shit your pants, people jump. Like it's all about you. But then that infant starts to learn that they want the approval from others because when they lift their head for the first time, what do we do? We make a big deal. Oh my God, look what they're doing. When they crawl for the first time, oh, look what little Johnny's doing. That baby sees happy faces. They feel the energetic vibration. They feel how happy the people are around them, just like a puppy. Oh, 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 I gotta do more of that. I gotta do more of that. So what are they learning from a very young age? Seeking approval outside of themselves. Mm. So the best thing we can do and something I suggest all teachers do, and I do it for my first graders is, when those kids come to you and they say, do you like my picture? I always look at them and say, hmm, what do you think? I wanna know what you think, because I'm teaching them, they don't need my approval, their approval is what's important. And by the middle of the year, when they come to me and say, Miss Savini, look at my picture, this is so great. Uh-huh, it is so great, yep. Because that's what we want to teach. We want to turn that around. Now in our society with social media, oh my God, it's unbelievable. It's like Pavlov's dog. I want to get a like. Oh, they didn't like this. What? Done. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I... I'm very impressed by that. I like, and I, I've been on your website and I, I didn't understand conscious parenting before until I read another book about it. Um, and I have really tried to put some of the practices in place and, mm -hmm. but I also feel, I also feel a lot of guilt because when my daughter was really young, I was going through a lot of like just mental health challenges and I was just not, I'm just not always there. I'm just not always present and it's very hard, but I've, but now that she's 10, I've really come to explain to her what's going on inside of me and why I'm 
reacting sometimes the way I react or why I say something. And then I, I really do make a habit of apologizing when I think I've done something that, that isn't necessarily beneficial. Yeah. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing or? Well, what do you think? Well, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing because I wish somebody had said to me, I'm not doing this because of you. I'm doing this because of my own shit. And it took me a long time to realize that, you know, nobody's perfect, but it's very hard when you're a child. Because I it was it actually what kind of prompted this was you talking about the baby and everybody jumping. But what happens to a child that doesn't have that? What happens to a child who's born into a house where, like, I noticed very early on that my mom was sick because she was very, very unavailable. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I didn't realize how much unavailability would come to me throughout life in a lot of ways. And it's taken me a long time to, to process that. And I, it's, it, so it's kind of made me try to look at my own child in a different way. And I don't like, I, you know, I, I don't even know exactly what I'm saying. I get, but. I get what you're saying. So what happens when a child comes from a family that doesn't jump for them? Well, the same thing happens. They search for approval outside of themselves because they believe there's something wrong with them because nobody's paying attention to them. So it's the same thing. So is that something that, is that like a, like a, a just a trait that we're born with though? Like that obviously- is, we are born into this world. And my belief is that we are one, we are one energy, but we forget that because we came here to relearn that we're all connected, but that all of the answers are deep within us. So we have to learn that somehow, some way. We have to learn that self-reliance. That's what we have to do. So maybe the only real way to fix the world is by doing self-work, right? So the only way to truly fix the energy of the world is by doing- I mean, listen, people- I agree with you. Whatever they wanna say about Michael Jackson. And I really don't care what people say, but I think about some of the songs that he wrote And there was this deep intuitiveness about him, you know, him saying, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. The mirror, yeah. It's true. That's where you need to look. And the other thing is we go through life seeking this perfection. Like if we're not happy hunky dory 100% of the time, we therefore think we're broken. We're not good enough. There's something wrong. No, no. No, if we're happy hunky dory all the time, we ain't growing. You might as well be a clone. It's understanding, you mentioned the word perfect. Well, you know what perfect is? Accepting that you're imperfect. Right, and And I understand that. Yes, my husband used to always get mad and say things like, oh, I know you're perfect. And it would really bother me. And then over time, like now I'm at a different place. So when he says something like that, I laugh at him and I go, I'm imperfectly perfect. And he just walks away because I accept myself for the bad shit. Yeah, I'm not perfect in your eyes. Yeah, I, I lose my shit sometimes. And then I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. But you know what? That's who I am. I'm Sicilian. I'm passionate. Like I am who I am. If you don't like me, that's fine. Keep your distance. Like, I don't care. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, I guess. I, I, You know what I mean? Like, 
until you get to that point. And here's the other thing, like some people look at me because I've written books and I coach and I do all these workshops and all this stuff. And they're like, oh, wow, she must have it all together. You know, Tim can tell you because we're friends. Like there are times when I feel low too, and I need to pick me up. There are times when I need to lean on somebody. I need somebody to remind me like, okay, wait, have, can you go look in the mirror right now? Because are you serious? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What even happened that Ivy just popped <laughs> up again? <laughs> so it's like, but that is perfect. That you realize that you're imperfect. That, that's just, that's what perfect is. Right, oh, right. There's Being a fucking to... truth bomb for you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Being able being able to stop and cut yourself. And, and yeah, that's a, yeah. You know, it goes back to that one thing that we started talking about. We're energetic beings. If it doesn't feel good, we have to say, why? Why? What's going on? When I get myself in that down spiral and it sneaks up on you, you don't even know it. It's really like being an alcoholic. It sneaks up on you and you're just like, wait, whoa, what just happened? How did I get here? It really does sneak up on you. So when it happens, you just have to stop and you have to realize Okay, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. Just call me Oops, Brit. I did it again. <laughs> I <Okay>. became human. <laughs> it's so true. But when you fall off the horse like that and you come to an understanding that you love yourself no matter what, you're able to get back up on the horse a lot quicker because the resistance is gone. Then it's not like I have to put this facade on and I have to make people think that everything is peachy. It's like, oh, yeah, you saw that? <laughs> Good one, right? <laughs> so it's a little different. It's not about falling in the hole. It's about how quickly you get out of the hole. That's what matters. And I guess the only way to make the hole less deep is to not shovel yourself in. So, all right. <laughs> I guess that's interesting. Uh, years ago, I worked in a shelter for abused women and children, and I found a poem there. And it was written by a woman who had been in a shelter, not this particular one. I mean, it's a famous poem and it was called five chapters. And I can't remember the exact words, but it was something like chapter one. I walk down the street. It's dark. It's cold. It's lonely. It doesn't feel good. There's a really big hole. I fall in the hole and it takes me such a long time to get out of the hole. Chapter two, I walk down the street. It's dark, it's cold, it's lonely. This doesn't feel right. It feels familiar though. I fall in the hole. Oh, I remember this. I get out of the hole quicker. Chapter three, I walk down the street. It's dark, it's cold, it's low. Oh, wait a minute. I know there's a hole somewhere around here. I fall in the hole. I get right out of the hole. Chapter four, I walk down the street. It's dark, it's cold, it's lonely. I know this place. I know there's a hole. I step around the hole. Chapter five, I walk down a different street. Now that was about a woman leaving the relationship because the statistic at the time was that it took about five times before a woman could actually fully leave unless she was killed. That was the stat at the time. So that was her poem, but that's true with life, right? Like 
I touched the hot stove. Oh, I know this stove. Oh, not going to do that again. Oh, touch the hot stove again. You know, got into a crappy relationship, not doing that again. This one looks so much better. Oh, yeah, same person, different face. Oh, got into another, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's life. It's what we do. It's when we decide I walk down a different street. And you know when you walk down a different street? When? When you love and accept yourself. Wow. Now there's some, there's a nugget of truth. Do you think that's because you, you see things differently? You see things completely differently because now you're, you're no longer attached to what other people think of you. So the Buddhists really do have it right. Attachment is really the death of all of us. The Buddhists really do have it right. And the great thing about Buddhism is that it's not even a religion. No. It's just a philosophy. Although people will have that argument on social media that it's a religion, yeah. which well, I which I understand. There's parts of it that are that are a, right. a religion to some, but to others, it's a philosophy like myself. And it's the best to me, Taoism and Buddhism really strike at the heart of of what we really are. Yes. Just be here now, do no harm. And actually speaking let shit of that, go. <laughs> let right, let shit go, go right. <laughs> Which is, if we could figure that out, if you could ever figure out how to just let shit go and bottle that up, you know, the pharmaceutical companies would want to make a million dollars from it and yeah. keep you keep you sick. <laughs> right now, I there's a million dollars off of coronavirus, so they'll get around to that next. <laughs> yeah, I'm I sure. Think, I think that I think that um, you know, letting letting it go. I think that that comes with going back to the number one essential. You know, I think that comes with loving yourself, really loving yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't have to, if, you know, a lot of letting it go, it's just, you don't have to worry about it because you know who you are, you know, so you don't have to stop and explain to somebody or if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, somebody said this about whatever, like yep. let it go because you don't, it doesn't matter. I got actually, I got a question about that. Cause, and yeah. Vicky can, cause Tim just said this. So Tim said, you know who you are. But if you're clinging to these core beliefs, these negative core beliefs, do you really know who you are? Of course you do. Because once you uncover it, like if you're walking through life and you don't really know what is this core belief that's holding me back, then you really are in the dark. When you know the core belief and you go back to that question I said a little while ago, is this serving me or sabotaging me? The moment something comes up for me, once I know my core belief, My core belief was always, I'm not important. So when I get upset or when I get overwhelmed or razzed, I think about it and I'm like, am I serving or sabotaging myself? Oh, this goes back to I'm not important again. All right. I see the hole. Mama's not going down there. Uh -uh. (laughs) It empowers you because now you have power over what is grasping you, what's tethering you. And like Michael Singer teaches, you want to untether your soul. Wow. Agree. Well you know, it, 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 it kind of, you've heard me talk about this before, Will, is connecting the dots. And that's, that's how I did, that's how I saw it, you know, after I learned my, you know, inner core belief. And, you know, I would, I would be mindful of situations and ask myself, is this serving or sabotaging? And you can literally trace the dots back to that same damn core belief it's it's insane 
I've had people tell me that they went to therapy for years, like different therapists. And then they came and worked with me and we found their core belief. And they were like, I don't, I can't even tell. It's like, I, I feel like there's fireworks going off. Like something comes off and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. That's my core belief. Oh, oh wait, that, wait, that's my core belief too. So what do you do? You heal that core belief. So in your answer to your question, do you know yourself? Yes. You know yourself, you know, your true self. And your true self is the opposite of whatever your core belief is. So if you believe you're not enough, your true self is that you are completely enough. So you know yourself, but you also know the little weed that keeps creeping up that you have to pull out because nobody else is going to pull it out for you. And I think part of, again, whether, you know, when you, you, you know yourself, if you know yourself, you know yourself is the opposite, as Vicky says. And then not being able to reach that is where those dark depression clouds can come in because you, you want to be your authentic self, but there's either something holding you back, which is usually yourself. You know, there's some kind of resistance there, or you're, you know, you're looking outside and you're not fitting in, uh, God forbid you don't follow society's rules and you don't fit into culture. So there's that other cloud that keeps coming over. And you want to clear those to be your authentic self. Right. And in terms of letting go, Will, I had a conversation with a colleague of mine today because, you know, she's a very hard worker. She's always crossing the T's and dotting the I's and she joins committees and really tries to like make a difference. And even though like there are things that we are told in education that we are supposed to do or they want us to do. And we're like, um, yeah, I mean, I've done this for 20 years and the kids are in front of me and I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, that's not where it's at. And they don't listen. They're not listening. And so she was really upset and she's trying to explain and I could see her getting frustrated and, you know, she's getting red and she got teary eyed and I stopped her and I looked at her and I go, Laura, I need you to take a breath. She's like, I just get up so upset. And I go, you gotta let it go. You have to let it go. And I shared a story with her that a year ago, before we went into the lockdown, I was getting pains in my chest and I went to the doctor. They couldn't find anything. They said, we really think it's stress related. Well, I came out of a meeting at school where I was so frustrated because I was fighting for something that I felt this child needed. And it was like banging my head into the wall that I walked out of there. My heart was literally pounding out of my chest. And 15 minutes later, I felt like I was going to pass out so they sent me down to the nurse to have my blood pressure done. Lo and behold, my blood pressure was like, you know, off the roof. So I was, I was holding on. I was letting it, you know, get to me. So I said to her about a week ago, I started getting those pains in my chest again. I didn't realize I was letting it get to me again. And I had to take a breath because is this serving me or sabotaging me? You know what? I'm a single mom. I got to be here for my kid. So you do whatever you want in education. I'm going to do what's right for my kids. We'll meet somewhere in the middle. And that's just the way it's going to be. I've got to let it go. And she looked at me and she goes, you know what? You're right. It's hard to let it go. But if nobody's going to listen to what we're saying, if it's not going to change, I have to be on the course and I have to do what's right in this moment. And it's true. Sometimes, you know, you can't change what other people think. You can't. 
No, at the heart of it, you really can't. Mm -hmm. You can, you can, you can prove a point, but that's not going to change anybody's mind. Right. Which I guess speaks to a deeper problem that, (laughs) that really like that really, you know, that we don't have enough time to cover in 50 podcasts, (laughs) let alone, let alone this, let alone this one. Ah, that's awesome. So many, so many nuggets of, of knowledge in there that you've that you've dropped it's it's awesome thank you so much for being here and and, and joining us it's it's been a pleasure to speak to you for like the last almost hour well thanks for having me absolutely um we usually finish up with three questions so i'm gonna let tim ask the first one keep it on the up and up tpp Do you have, you're going to like this one. Do you have, do you have a favorite or a least favorite word? <laughs> exactly. See, I'm probably not supposed to say that. <laughs> you can say, yeah, whatever but you, you know like. what you're, if, if you're going to say what I think you're going to say, you will be the fifth or sixth person that's actually <laughs> said that. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do like that word. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> it's the perfect word. It was my favorite word too. When I did my episode, <laughs> it's a verb. It's an adjective. Yeah. It's a it's noun. Kind of, it's a, it kind of says it all. My very favorite yoga shirt. And you know, I'll, I'll keep it on the up and up myself because I am a teacher too. So my favorite yoga shirt says I'm mostly peace, love, and light and a little go yourself <laughs> all right i love it that's my all-time favorite <laughs> you have a least favorite word hmm. i think i mean i i i don't like the word slut okay okay that's fair I've heard people called that before and I've seen that damage people to such a deep level and there's no reason for it because nobody knows where anybody else is coming from because they didn't stand in their shoes. Nicely put. I like it. Yes. So your next question, and I think I already know the answer to this one. (laughs) Yes, you do. Um, Cat, dog, or other? Definitely dog. <laughs> Is there anything else really? Uh, yeah, there's cats. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fernando Fernando hasn't made an appearance tonight because the door is shut. So I, I, I love dogs. Don't get me wrong, but there are a lot more work than cats are. So, you know, it's funny. I used to have three cats. The great thing about cats is that they're just so independent. Like they just, you know, they, they're so independent, but that's also not a great thing because like, I love that my dogs snuggle me and love me. And, you know, we got our second dog. I didn't want a second dog. My son wanted the dog and he was moving up from fifth grade and he was like, come on, mom, it can be my fifth grade moving up. Yeah. Big present for that. Anyway, (laughs) this dog is just totally joyful. And at the time I was going through a major depression in my life. It's actually what Um, what I wrote about in Burn the Damn Cape. It was what I was going through, that deep depression. And I honestly believe that this dog pulled me out of that depression because every day I woke up, 
he would be standing there and he doesn't just wag his tail. He wags his whole body. <laughs> and it's like, he just looks at you with these bright eyes and he, it's like, he's saying, I'm just happy to be alive, happy to be alive. And I remember. That's a good, that's it. That's good. He does look like he's saying he does that. Look like that, right? And I remember at one point laying on my back porch, just, I was so depressed that like nothing would come out, but tears, like tears just rolling down my cheeks. And here comes this little puppy, like wagging his whole body, like looking at me like, Hey, 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 happy to be alive. And I remember thinking if I could just have an ounce of that. And when I look back at my life, I feel like as much as I didn't want another dog, I didn't want to have to train a dog to deal with a puppy. I am so thankful that this dog came into my life because he showed me like, mama, it's a choice. He's like, mama, it's a choice. Look at my energy. Look at yours. You got shit energy. I got happy, sunshiny energy. Come over to the <laughs> light side. Like, uh, that's <laughs> That's actually been the best one so far, but I'm going to say something in defense of cats because, because I will say this, we, we had three cats prior to the cat we have now. They, they all passed on after 15 plus years. Our oh. oldest cat was like 18. Our last one died. Like I think about a year, year and a half ago, just, I think right as lockdown happened. And I could tell my daughter was, we, we could tell my daughter was kind of feeling bad. So friends of ours had a, a, had a cat that had a litter of kittens. And we said we would take one if there was one left. We weren't going to take the cat just to take it. But if we, there was one left and they couldn't get a home for it, we would take them. And he came. And I found that all the cats that we've had have been very loving, very um, tied to us. Like they're, on the laps they're like lap cats they're always very intuitive but the reason that i love cats so much is that they can be that intuitive but they can also tell you to go fuck off too which is the best which is the best part yes talk about love yourself i mean dogs do yeah approval from you cats do not cats are just like whatever people whatever. yeah there's the epitome of loving yourself is those cats, cats. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they can teach you about attachment they truly can they really can so the, the last question. Well, that's four, but I'll let that slide. What? It, no, wait, what? no, no, no. This is no, only no. third question. It is? Yeah, this, yep. yeah. Wait, let's go. Let's review. You asked me my favorite word. <laughs> yes. Favorite, favorite and least favorite word are the yeah, same that, question. That's, that's the same, same question. question. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. It's a two-part. Come part. on, keep, keep up. Two-parter. I only teach first grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably not into two-part questions at that point. I can't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> All right. So if there was something that you could do or that you would like to see done to mental health as a whole with no restraints, what would it be? For me, I think it's stop saying that we're doing something about it and start actually doing something about it. And I would start mm. with our youngest population with our children. You know, Finland, Denmark, they have the lowest rate of depression and anxiety because they focus on teaching empathy at a very young age. They focus teaching that right up through grade school and that is their main focus. And if you look at our society in America, 
There's no empathy. We are not teaching our kids how to put yourself in someone else's shoes. I mean, look at our adults. They don't do that either. So for me, it would be, you know, stop saying you're doing something and start doing something, start taking the action. And it doesn't have to be, you know, awful. It has to be going back to square one and saying, you know, what are we doing to help people? What are we actually doing? And instead of saying, oh, there's nothing wrong with you, get over it or whatever, really taking a step back, putting yourself in other people's shoes and having some empathy. I, I, and we've lost that, but I'm going to say this. I don't know, know if we ever had it. <laughs> and I mean, if you in look America? at the last, well, I, don't, if, I don't think we have in America. No, I don't, I don't think we have. I mean, this whole country was kind of founded on that principle. Mm-hmm. that you know what i mean so it's it's you know it, it's it's baked into the pie i mean yeah. the apple pie is spoiled it's not it's it's definitely tainted and and spoiled and and unfortunately we've we've kind of become so complacent and so good word so well we've become complacent but and unfortunately we get stuck in those cycles of we got to pay the bills we got to do this we got to do that so we got to do that and it's and we don't have like we don't have the the sense or the or maybe the willingness to look in the mirror, as you like to say, because you got to accept yourself. And if you can't look in the mirror to look at your faults and look at your humanity and say, well, maybe I'm not right about everything. Maybe I'm not wrong about everything because you can't be right and wrong about everything. <laughs> but maybe it's not even that deep. Maybe it's simpler than that. And just stopping and asking ourselves in the moment, is this serving me or sabotaging me? Just coming back to the moment time and time again and staying in the moment. You know, that is not something that we do well in America. You heard it first here. Stay in the moment. Yep. Thank you, Vicki. Go ahead, Timmy. No, I was going to say stay in the moment with Vicki Savini. Hey, Vicki, would you, uh, can you tell everybody if they want to get a hold of you or to, to look into, you know, what you're doing next? I know you do, do you still do the girl camps? I do. My girls camps are coming up this summer. Our first one in July is almost closed out. We almost have, we only have three spots left. Which date in July? Uh, I don't even have that in front of me. Hold on, I can pull it up. It's the second week in July, I believe. They can get it right off my website, VickiSavini.com, B-I-C-K-I-S-A-V-I-N-I.com. And there's a tab there when they go um, that says camps. And when you click on camps, it'll say girls rule camp. I'm going to the dates right now because we had to change a few things. Yeah, I'm going to share all this in our show notes. But your this episode will come out in July. So. so it's right after the 4th of July. It's the 5th through the 9th and it's from nine to 12 daily. And then the August camp is the 9th through the 13th. And we also have a teen workshop coming up. The best thing for them to do is to follow me um, on Facebook. I have a page, it's called um, Ignite the Light. But if you just type in Vicki Savini, it'll pop up. Um, and that is where I post all of my events and you know things that are coming up. That camp for the girls, incidentally, is all about really learning seven essentials that I wrote about in my first book, but it comes back to the first essential of loving yourself. So those kids learn how to do mirror work, 
um, power yoga, which is like affirmations with yoga. We do journaling. We do so many really great things. And this is our 12th year. So. Wow. Wow. Yep. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, Also, where can everyone find your books besides your website? Amazon, Uh, the typical places? Yep. Amazon, you can go to, um, I know Barnes and Noble had them at one point and um, what's the store up in Saratoga? I can't think of the name. Northshire? Northshire. Yep. They had the newest one, Burn the Damn Cape. But Amazon is always like, you know, a quick fix. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Wow. So much, so much stuff. So many, so much stuff to archaeologically dig up here that, that I can't thank you enough for being here. It's been awesome. But Thank it's not you. just keep it simple. It comes down to one question, serving, sabotaging. And if it's sabotaging, you stop in the moment and you do something to raise your vibration. Like that's it. It's that simple. Just stop in the moment, raise the vibration. Then you're in a better place. You can handle life. Awesome. Well, this, well, this interview was meant to happen today for you. I got to say that. Yeah. Well, well it was because the quote, the Lao quote about the anxiety and stuff I I've seen many times, but just in this week, I've seen it three times and your book was the third time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. okay, <laughs> I'm listening universe. I hear you. Uh, Lao Tzu, thank you. <laughs> and on that note, uh, well, can you just tell everybody where they can find us? Absolutely. Everyone you can find us. Well, if you're in the five, one, eight, The best place to find us is nippertown.com. Nippertown.com is the premier site for arts, entertainment, culture on the web for the 518. Um, Think of it as the preview and Metroland rolled up into one on an online platform. And we are streaming our episodes now right from their site, as well as finding us on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, uh, YouTube, all kinds of places. Uh, there's other places that are coming up. There's some new stuff coming up through um, through our publisher and stuff. So we'll keep you all posted. You don't forget, you can buy t-shirts and hoodies at closeknitcompany.com. Go to CollabX. Dan and Natalie kicking ass down in beautiful, sunny Florida. I'm jealous because I saw <laughs> the pictures today on, uh, on sunny blue skies myself. But uh, yeah, so you can find us there. Uh, connect with us at abovegroundpodcast.net. Follow the podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr at uh, Above Ground Podcast and Twitter at Above Ground Pod. So until next time, be well, be safe, be above. above.